Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Yeah, it takes two of us to fill Doug's shoes. And if you're going through Doug withdrawal, I've got very good news for you. The host of the show, the guy whose name is on this show, joins us now here on Fox Sports Radio to not only talk about what's happened so far in the NCAA tournament, but obviously the big, big stories that have surfaced in the NFL over the last 48 hours, including the one that surfaced over the last hour or so, Deshaun Watson being traded by the Browns or traded by the Texans to the Browns and getting a five-year, $230 million deal. Doug, at first blush, what did you think when you saw the Deshaun Watson trade news? Um, well, now that I heard the story, I think it's comical. You know, it's like... He didn't want to go to Cleveland, but, hey, if you want to pay me more money than God, sure, I'll come to Cleveland. Whatever. I mean, yeah. dude, I, I get the balls of this guy. He's got 20 or 22 civil pending civil deals. He hasn't played. Here's my thing with, with the Deshaun Watson thing, okay? His agent, who's obviously brilliant, much smarter than me, you know, they signed a deal in Jacksonville for Jalen Ramsey, paid him more than any other guy, then – with, I think, a year or two years left, he won a new deal. And when they wouldn't give it to him, he, you know, he quit on the team. And that's basically what Deshaun Watson did. The problem with the Deshaun Watson thing is he had signed a deal 10 months earlier, and he got paid the first three years up front. And that last year that he sat out, that wasn't under the terms of the new deal. That's the old deal. So he actually is now going to get his third contract. He didn't play a snap under his second contract. He's still being sued for all these these uh, civil, uh, uh, these civil suits, whatever, and he's going to get a completely guaranteed five-year contract. And this is after Cleveland said they want an adult in the room. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, look, he's a really talented guy, and all of the accusations came as a surprise to everybody in the NFL because the thought is that you know he's just his background. Any time he did background research, you're blown away by how great dude he is. But I don't know, like. Yeah, that, that one strikes me as odd. Well, and that was going to yeah. be my question for you, Doug, is that I, I look at the situation and say, never question another man's money. You know, go get money that's going to take care of your family for generations to come. But, you know, a, a couple days, a, a day after Devontae Adams leaves Green Bay, after Aaron Rodgers becomes the highest paid quarterback in the NFL, you now have Devontae, or you have Deshaun Watson getting all this money to go to the AFC North with all these great quarterbacks across the AFC as opposed to what we thought he was going to end up doing which is go to the NFC South which is about to be wide open in a year or two when Tom Brady officially steps away the NFC itself is wide open just what do you make of that angle because I I get money I get taking care of your family but no one could argue that that the better path to win at the highest level which is what's supposed to be a big part of this is not in Cleveland so what's the question just, just what do you make of the decision to go to the AFC? I, to me, it doesn't make sense, but I'll, I'll give you. Oh, the floor. I mean, like, look, I think Cleveland's super talented. I mean, obviously they're, they're going to have new wide receivers, or whatever. But I mean, they're super talented. I don't think anybody's ever questioned their level of talent, just competency at head coach and competency at quarterback. That said, yeah, I do think you should pay attention to division. You know, Baltimore had 17 guys on IR. 
by the way, Lamar Jackson might be smarter than every, everybody, right? Because he's just waiting, not answering the phone. And whether Baltimore gives him the money or somebody else, he's going to get a gigantic check coming up here. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they're still going to be behind Baltimore, I would think. And they'll still be behind uh, Cincinnati, one would think. And then, you know, Pittsburgh hasn't had a losing season with their head coach. I don't know what they do at quarterback. You know, if, if Mitch Trubisky and um, – uh, who else? Who am I thinking of? Uh, Oklahoma State. Well, my buyer help me out. Quarterback. I mean, uh, Mason, Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph. Yeah. You know, whoever their quarterback is of those two, I mean, obviously, reputation-wise, isn't near the other three. But Pittsburgh has still figured it out, even with Ben, who they couldn't run half their plays last last year. So, yeah, I, I don't know if you pay attention to the NFC. I think, I think Aaron, most of those guys, I mean, obviously, he's not caught up in winning. Yeah. If he was if he was caught up in winning, he wouldn't have said, "Hey, Browns, I don't want to go there unless but you want to pay me some more money." You know, because yeah. obviously, what's coming out now from from the NFL insiders, oh, it was about winning. You know, if it was about winning, then it'd been Cleveland. But there's also, you know, Atlanta wouldn't have been taken so seriously. I think. I honestly think Carolina would have. I think I agree with Dan Byer. Dan has said for a while that. That Carolina is kind of a quarterback away if they have Con- if they have Connor McCaffrey. I mean, Connor McCaffrey. They have uh, uh, Christian McCaffrey. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm fascinated by it. But like, look, at least we'd have to stop talking about Houston and Sean Watson. Now, well, I guess we'll talk about Baker Mayfield. And you know, now you'll get a, a true sense of what everybody thinks of Baker Mayfield. Because if people like Baker Mayfield, there'll be a bidding war for him. If everybody else has the comes to the conclusion that most of us have, which he's fine, just starter, you know, not a great one, and he's a, he's really good in commercials, better in commercials than he is in football. Then yeah, that's reasonable. Um, if if there's a bidding war for him, then maybe we have a, we we underrate him. Um, if there's no market for him, then we overrate him. Like all of those things are are very possible, even likely. You dropped a uh, what's the question to Aaron. That should have been the name of Jeopardy, now that I think about it. Like, it makes a lot more sense for that show to be called What's the Question instead of Jeopardy. What's the right? question, Aaron? Yeah. I got the answer that I wanted, though, which is that it's clearly not about winning, which is what was going on in my head, but I, I didn't want to be the only one that was thinking it. So well, I know. That's, that's, the, that's, the whole, like, that's the whole thing with Deshaun. And I said I didn't think he was a top-ten quarterback back when he – and everybody's like, oh, yeah. I'm, I've talked to NFL guys. They're like, look. He's good, but he's not. A, he holds the ball a little bit long. He's not a great decision maker in the red area, and like we can't do the LeBron James thing with him and, and the Texans, right? We can't when they get a twenty-four nothing lead? That's all Deshaun Watson. They they choke away that lead. None of it's Deshaun Watson. Like the truth is somewhere in the middle there. There's a reason that it was his team and they didn't win. So again, not all his fault, but there's at least some blame to go around. And so with that in mind. You know, I've I've never been huge like he's not Michael Jordan. Just, he's not synonymous with winning, um, and I don't think Houston was as poorly run as as people want you to believe, especially in that division. Uh, but he's just got to get back out to playing football, and he's still very early in what should be a long and story career. Doug Gottlieb joining us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Byer sitting in for uh, Doug today. But Doug joining us talking about all of the hot topics. Another one on Watson because you alluded to this. And I know we've talked about this on the show. But there seems to be no mention of the 22 civil cases. Is this going away quicker 
than we thought because it's, again, it's 22 civil cases, 22 women saying that he did these things. How do you think this plays out? Is this going away quicker than you thought, or does this still stick around with Watson even when he goes to Cleveland? I don't know. I don't know. I don't either. I don't know. I think it's the most bizarre thing ever, especially when we're in this. You know, it's like it goes against narratives you get all the time. Like you get people all the time saying, you know, like that that there's still a racial implication for quarterbacks. Like, what? Who are we kidding? The guy didn't play football in a year. Okay, he has 22 pending civil cases against him, and he just got a 230 million dollar guarantee. Why? Because he's a really good quarterback, and they needed him. And the only way to entice him to waive in that no-trade clause is to offer him more money than he can get elsewhere. Like, it's not because he's black. It's not because he's white. It's because he's good at football, which I, I guess is the way it should be. Now, the other part to it, though, is we're in this time where we're finally protecting and looking out for women in the world of sports. Doesn't this go counter to it? I, mm. I, don't, know, I don't know how real these accusations are. I can only tell you that I just I wouldn't want to have a quarterback – on my team, if any of these are are real, um, and my my issue with it is like, yeah, you can have a bad interaction with a person or two, and they can misperceive you, but this many people seems like a lot. What'd you make of the Devonte Adams news yesterday, Doug? I mean, obviously there were, uh, you know, just just the Aaron Rodgers element of it coming back, signing that massive contract. Devonte Adams wants out a short time after. What'd you make of the news yesterday? Well, I think the giveaway was when they franchise tagged him. Because I don't think, because they franchise tagged him right after they had, um, right after they had uh, Aaron Rodgers announced he's staying. So, with that in mind, there had to have been a plan in place. And the question becomes what is that plan? Is it rookie, rookie wide receivers? Are they going to trade for somebody? Or are they going to sign somebody or sign a couple of somebodies? I think it makes more sense than. You know, the Twitter world's like, oh, hand the championship to the Raiders or the AFC West. Like, okay, he's, you know, going to be 30. It's a ton of money. He's very, very good. Not the best wide receiver in the league. Um, he's very, very good. But, like, again, you're paying him for what he's going to do for the next four years, not what he's done for the last four years. And he does get hurt. And in addition to being hurt, it's not like he's a burner. He's a very, very good player, but does he does he conf- does he make you an absolute playoff team? The answer, my estimation, is no. Like, like people are freaking out about Jamie Collins. Like, like Jamie Collins fits their system, and they they he knows all those guys. That makes sense. But Jamie Collins isn't worth that on the, on the open market. I mean, I guess he is because they paid it, but he should be. Doug Gottlieb joining us here on his own show on Fox Sports Radio. That was a lot of NFL talk. I want to get your thought of what's happened in the uh, first round of the NCAA tournament. Uh, really starting with yesterday, uh, Iowa, a team that we all loved, um, coming off that Big Ten tournament win. How does Iowa fall short to Richmond yesterday? I thought Richmond had a really good game plan. where they, And then I thought Keegan Murray showed his inexperience as an alpha. You know, one of the reasons that I think all these – great players should go to college and play and be the best guy is you have to learn how to be an alpha. You have to learn how to demand the ball, how to get the ball, how to make plays when, or, or get other people's shots when the defense is loading up against you. And Keegan, it's only his second year in college. He went from like seven a game to 24 a game. Like that's a pretty big jump. 
But this was his first time, which he didn't really demand the ball. You know, that's what you got to do. And that when your team's falling out of the game and you're not getting the rock, you got to go get it and make a play. And that's not always have to be the score, you know. Mm-hmm. You, get, you get doubled, somebody's open, make the right play. But he was a little meek yesterday. Um, I mean, I think that four and four days and then playing on a Thursday, that beats you up. And then I thought that they had a great game plan against him. You know, they they didn't like they tried not let Keegan get the ball. Um, they tried to really pressure Jordan Bohan, and they said, "Hey, you got three other guys on the court. Let's make them beat us." And they couldn't. So I was home. What'd you make of Kentucky? Um, you know, not just a two fifteen loss, but fourth fifth year in a row where uh, they they made a Final Four since since fifteen. Um, you know, probably third fourth year in a row where they've lost to a lower seeded team. Calipari feeling some heat this morning, Doug. What'd you make of it? Well, it's not the first time, or it's not the last time he's going to have trouble with St. Peter, right? I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> Jeez. Uh, John would have the uh, the uh, the uh, what is it the the rim shot? Is that what we would need? Yeah, yeah. yeah but he's got the John Ramos show coming up. So yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I thought St. Peter's had a great game plan. I thought they kept him pretty much in the half court. I thought Kentucky was lazy with switches, and when you get lazy with switches, you just kind of leave guys. You know, Oscar Sheboy. They were screening Oscar Sheboy with. You know, whoever the smallest player was. Um, and so you get a point guard, and you get Shavir Wheeler guarding a big guy in the post. And and then Shibway is kind of in the middle. Do I help or do I stay home? And he struggled to guard in the perimeter. I, mean, I thought Shaheen Holloway and their staff did a really good job. And then I thought, I thought Kentucky got tight, which is surprising for Kentucky because Kentucky is usually a team that they're used to being everybody's biggest game. You would think that a little pressure wouldn't bother them. But I think the pressure of the moment kind of bothered them because they hadn't won the SEC. And so they, when you haven't won anything, it's hard to, you know, just go play and know that you're, you have the confidence and know you're going to win it. That's why teams that win are the traditionally and win throughout the season are the hardest to beat in the tournament because, you know, winners just find ways to win. And winning teams find ways to win. And I, I think Kentucky was a team that, you know, I saw against Kansas and they looked like the best team on earth. I was – I would have given. I would have laid five points to the Lakers after that night. <laughs> Although that's not saying much as the Lakers, um, but they had injuries and they just didn't get better because they weren't together long enough. And then I didn't think their defense was smart with how they played it. And their offense, I thought Shane did a good job of working in some matchup zone. The offense left a lot to be desired. So, I mean, it it happens. That's the tournament. You get beat. Uh, but this is a bit of a trend. This is a bit of a trend for. Um, for uh, Kentucky. It's also a, a bit of a trend with the 15 upsetting the two. It's the 10th time it's happened, but it's also the sixth yeah. time in the last 10 years it's happened. Is there a reason for that? I have a theory. Um, I'm curious on, you want to hear my theory? Yeah. When the NCAA tournament expanded to 68, they expanded by jamming teams in the middle. So there were 16 – there are always four 16 seeds that were the worst teams in the field. Well, now those four teams play in Dayton on Tuesday and Wednesday where true 15s are now 16s. And that trickles down. So now f- some 15s are 14s maybe or should have been 14s. Maybe some should have been 13s. 
And I think that plays a role into it. Aside from a big college basketball thought, you know, of, of why this is happening, I just think that the, the, the field has changed where back in the day we looked at 15s as true 15s, and now they're really borderline 14s, maybe even 13s if we receive them wrong. That's why I think it's happening more. Okay. Um, I like that. I like the theory. I would say that's part of it. Remember, there's there's two 16s playing in, uh, in yeah. Dayton. So you there's... actually have, what, six, 16, six 16s? Yeah. And Which, four 15s. Yeah, previously right. there were only four 16s. But, and so those right. two 16s were actually 15s. That's my yeah. theory. It's a good theory. My theory was, though, that the reason those teams would be hurt more is guys are – players are transferring up a level now instead of only down a level. Mm-hmm. And I thought those teams would get just depleted by the transfer. I mean, case in point, Kellen Grady, four years at Davidson. Now he transfers up to play Kentucky. You know, so the problem with that level is if you're really good, you either go pro or you transfer to a better school the next year. That, that was my theory. Um, what those schools have going for them is one, like you said, they're not nearly what a traditional 15 is Two, the, the the ones this year, if it's not Baylor last year and Gonzaga last year, they're just not as dominant. You know, those teams are all kind of new and put together. And then um, I, I don't think the bottom is as, as far back as the 352 teams would lead you to believe because not just the transfers, but the difference in age, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, look what Texas Tech's going out there. There's a reason that they're just not fun to play against because they're, awesome. they're well-coached and they're old. And they're super athletic and they're long. There's just nowhere to score. So, yeah, I think that's a, that's a good theory. I would just add to it that um, I think age and experience are a big factor. Not the only factor, but are a factor in that as well. And then, you know, you have teams that are just kind of put together. I mean, look, they played a whole season together, but you're still talking about Oscar Shibway played somewhere else and hadn't played in a year before he started playing this year. Um you know, Kellen Grady played somewhere else for four years. Shavir Wheeler played somewhere else before. And not everybody plays on a team that's a winner. You know, Wheeler's at Georgia. They weren't winners. And so, you know, he develops a little bit of bad habits, although mostly good habits. But whatever you've done, that's led you to lose, not to win. Doug, Arizona starting point guard out. Baylor's banged up. Kentucky's out of this thing altogether. Do you believe there's a clear best team in this tournament right now? No. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. What about St. Peter's? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Sorry. That was good. That was good. Gonzaga? Let's not sleep in St. Peter's. So how about St. Mary's just kicking the crap? Now, St. Mary's, they, they told me they're like, man, they're just dead. But they were really good. St. Mary's UCLA is going to be a hell of a game. This USC uh, Miami game is really good, too. Yeah. 57-56. What, with 319 left to go? Hurricanes up, up by one. I'll tell you what, with the drama that we have, like if you're a number one seed, if you are, you know, Baylor taking a – Baylor, North Carolina tomorrow should be uh, a lot of fun. I am no longer amazing. just – yeah, I'm no longer just going to uh, glaze over a one seed dominating a 16 considering the upsets that uh, that we see. Uh, did you catch Ohio State Loyola today? I did. Before we let you go. I, I don't know. hear that. I'm sorry. Oh, no. Okay, I'm Kim, Kim. Uh, it seems like rest helped the Buckeyes. They yeah. seem like a different and team. Tal, and, they got, and they got Tal Young and Zed Key back. Yes. So yes. they got two other top six back. 
and both in- interior players, and they finally got some rest. And it took oh. them a little while, but then they kind of cracked the code, and they kicked the crap out of it. Well, we could make a layup today. They were bad. Real bad. bad. They couldn't sometimes make anything. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes you just play bad. I think they just played bad. That's like when you get an A-plus in science and flunk math, so your GPA is two. You know, like that's how it – but they, they were they were great defensively. Well, they, were, they, they were really, really good defensively, but they could not buy a bucket. All right, we know they're so, busy I mean, doing – They were 11 on layups in the first half. Yeah. They're, it's not like, they, like Ohio State has shot blockers back there. No, no. And they were awful from the free throw line, too. They were 3 of 10 today. So uh, Sister Jean's going to have to wait yeah. another year. You know what I love is I love when people go like, oh, the conference, the Mountain West, like Colorado State might. Yeah. For more of the time in the game than Michigan did. Boise was up nine with a couple minutes to go. You have a nine-zero run, lost in overtime. Wyoming was close. I never thought Wyoming was great. And then Boise was down, came all the way back. That was a hell of a basketball game too. Like we do this thing where a team loses and that conference sucks, and when a team wins, and that conference is great. And the Big Ten does, and the Big Twelve has a chance to catch a bunch of heat because they they're eventually going to kind of mesh their two teams and. What used to be the Big Ten Network style carry me on uh, on Zoom. Well, well, don't worry. Aaron's got alarms set at home for when Big Ten teams lose, so he can send what? out tweets attacking um, that 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 prestigious okay? conference. Are you okay? doing your Huskies? Is it okay? So I'm perfectly fine because what we t- you asked me on Monday, you said how uh, you don't see, seem to too, be too confident. I said. They go through crazy long stretches where they don't score. And what I would say, Doug, to be blunt, since we're gonna, since we're going down this road, uh, you know Chris Jans. You know how he coaches. You know the the path of Teddy Allen through three, four schools, whatever. Um, five. And okay, five. So my my bottom line is pretty straightforward: is when your entire program is built on toughness and physicality and you get out-toughed and out-physicaled by New Mexico State. I'm not – this isn't a, a Calipari, Dan Hurley sucks. Dan Hurley's a great coach. But the entire program is built on toughness and physicality. They got out-toughed and out-physical. So the yep. right, the, the right team won last happens. night. No, it happens. It happens. I mean, like, look, dude, I, I don't care who you are. You're at UConn, okay? And even though those guys haven't won anything, it's impossible to not be at UConn, look up and see all those banners and think you're part of something and – now all of a sudden everybody in the state is telling you how great you are and you know, even your coaching staff is is privately going like, Hey, we actually we would have beaten Providence if Sonogo played and you know, we're we're actually the best team. Look, everybody thinks we're the best team. And then to walk in there and see New Mexico State N M S U you like, I've never heard of any of these guys. And like Teddy Allen, ah, he's nice, but like that dude is just as likely to get thrown out as he is to make it to the end of the game. Right? And it's mm-hmm. you think you win the game in layup lines. And I'm telling you, if you've ever seen New Mexico State in person, you're like Holy crap! They're an all-airport team. They look really good, and um, they've always been. I mean, they've just dominated the WAC since they've been in it. So, but I, I, I can guarantee you, it's hard to get guys motivated. Like, hey, these guys will beat you, and they'll make you look bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. And they, they did. They were bad. I mean, RJ tried to bring them back and won that one little stretch, but um, that was just a bigger, better team, and it wasn't really crazy competitive. So I would like to put it on coaching and playing, but sometimes you just got to feel that feel that loss, feel that sting. We 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 so quickly forget how many years uh, Calhoun lost early Correct. before finally figuring it out, and then once he figured it out, they were awesome. 
And all Teddy. I would add really quick is Teddy uh, Allen had uh, four less points than Loyola did today. I'm sorry, Eric. Go <laughs> ahead, wrap, wrap it up. No, no all I was going to say was I, I did a hit in Arkansas today, and I told those same guys, I said, look, if, if you, I, I, Muss is a great pregame motivator, but if, if you don't have your guys ready to go, you're going to look up and it's going to be 14 to three, you know, six minutes into this game. And so, uh, you know, I think the same thing could happen to Arkansas tomorrow if they don't come, come out locked in. They get they get housed, huh? I mean, they can because New Mexico State New Mexico State's going to beat you up. They don't care who you are. No, I you think I think New Mexico State's good. I'm, I I don't think you're wrong. I, I think New Mexico State is a sound bet. Um, no, I'm I'm fascinated by a lot of stuff. I, I like look, Byer and I we're big on Ohio State. Well, maybe maybe I, I didn't hop out the bandwagon. I don't know, Byer, if you did hop out the bandwagon. I, I did after their stretch for a while, but yeah. I mean, they've, they've been bad. There's no reason there is no reason not to. I'm just a bigger buyer. <laughs> yeah. Um, no pun Well, yesterday it was yesterday it was Timmy Allen five schools. Now he still could grad transfer to another school <laughs> to make it six. That'd be amazing, right? Uh, Chris Chance gets another job. Get, I think mm-hmm. he could get one year back and do seven for the COVID COVID year. I think COVID that might have been the year he was redshirting at Wichita, or maybe he was at junior college that year. But you can get that year back. All okay. I know is yeah, he, was a, all these, he was a bucket uh, yesterday. Hold, no question. Hold on. I need to. I. I. I, uh, I don't want to kick Doug off of his own show, but we are. We are going quite long. I just want to leave you guys with this. Do you guys know how many games Jordan Bohannon played in his college career? It's like one. Is that eight. fake graphic or the real graphic? Uh, well, the, the real years. one. The the okay, real so one. I, I mean, I'm going to try. I'm going to try and do the smart math. Okay. Okay. Six years at roughly thirty per year, except for the one medical redshirt year. I think he played ten. So yep. I'll go 150. I'll say 170 games. Very close, Aaron. You would you say, Aaron? That was going to be about my guess. 179. Oof. 179. If you hold oh. every record at your school and you've been a scorer <laughs> since day one, it's like it's like. Look, here's the deal. I am not the Big 12's all-time assist leader because I played three years in the Big 12. Aaron Miles played four. Additionally, Aaron Miles played in a couple Final Fours. I only I played in how many NCAA tournament games? One, two, three, uh, six, eight. I played in eight. So you know, if you played in the Final Four, you're playing in at least five per year, right? So those are all. That's all. It's just gross number of games. So where Aaron Miles gets me is in uh, in total. Right. If you go a three-year breakdown, it's not close. And if I go four years, I throw in my Notre Dame year, I have more assists than him. Anyway, for Jordan Bohannon, like, yeah, he's the all-time three-point king, but he should be the all-time everything king. He should have more steals than everybody. He should have more turnovers than everybody. He have more made free throws than everybody. He have more made threes than everybody. I have the most minutes than anybody. He's Doug Gottlieb, the host of the Doug Gottlieb Show, kind uh, enough to join us today on his own show. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday. Bye, boys. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Byer. Check out the latest lines for the world of sports at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. Must be 21. Must be present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, and Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Couple of games going down to the wire and the big dance. We'll tell you about it next here on Fox. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. 
Miami has taken a late lead on USC. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Beyer. Check out the latest lines of the world of sports at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. Must be 21, must be present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, and Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. You may have heard the gasp from Aaron Torres as that game is now final. In South Carolina between Miami and USC. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Beyer. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. And for the first time in 2022. Now. Now. Does it get any better than this? I think not. It's the John Ramos Show. Ramos. It's the John Ramos Show. It's the John Ramos Show. This is the John Ramos Sports on Fox Radio. Huh? Here's John Ramos. He says exactly what Suzanne tells him to say. Ramos! Shut up, John. All right! Yeah! It's back! Come on, everybody. Let's go. Let's do this. It's a brand new John Ramos show. It's an irreverent, fresh perspective on sports with a touch of balance between sports and pop culture. You're going to laugh and maybe learn something along the way. (laughs) (laughs) Information that will entertain you. So with that, good evening, everybody. We have a great post-hiatus show for you tonight. It's a flop Friday, Dan and Aaron. Oh, make Aaron, sure, how about yeah, that? yeah. Make sure to always use the hashtag the John Ramos Show on tonight's Flop Friday. We want to inter- interact with you, so please tweet in and tell us what have you flopped at? Was it that first job? Was that your first attempt at a boyfriend or girlfriend? Or was it Luka Doncic to the last night's Mavericks game? <laughs> I want to hear from you, and I'll read your tweets on the air later on. Plus, we have to keep it real, guys. We just keep it fresh and real, and I'll have my fresh picks for you later on in tonight's show. By the way, Dan and Aaron, it's National DMV Workers Day. Did you know that? No, no, Did I didn't. Not. Yeah, my guy is the person who takes your pictures. Dan, what about you? Uh, my well, guy... we'd like to welcome in a new sidekick today. <laughs> okay. He's been here for a while. It's my man, Jason Stewart. What's up, Jason? Yo, what's up, John? Hey, did you hear that Tom Brady's back? Uh... I did. I mean, who hasn't? Well, I couldn't understand why he came back. I mean, his back is injured and he can barely walk. John, 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 what are you talking about, man? He's, he's just 44 years old. He's perfectly fine. Oh, yes. You're talking about Tom Brady Jr. I'm talking about my friend Tom Brady. Maybe I should have called him Tommy. My bad. Coming up next, why doesn't the NFL just fold? Find out on the John Ramos show. Oh, man. Gosh, feels good. You feel that energy in the air, Aaron? <laughs> yeah, I just want to know a little bit more about Tommy Brady. I hope his back's okay. Oh, we're back. <laughs> Everybody, let's give it up for Olivia Rodrigo. All right. Let's hope we don't sour on her career too much. Don't forget, she'll join me here later on in the show on stage for an in-depth interview. Also, we have a John Ramos Show exclusive, guys. Something you won't hear on any other show in the country, radio, TV, or maybe even a blog. Why is Steph Curry ruining basketball? I'll tell you later on in tonight's show. Plus, who should your team draft? A safety, a defensive end? I'll give you what my sources are telling me. I'll have that for you coming up later. But right now, it's time for a brand new segment. 
It's time to hear from the sports judge. So you've been disabled for how long? When a verdict is needed in sports. What's wrong with you? It doesn't make sense. Is there something wrong with you? It doesn't make sense to me. You don't need to go any further than judge. Watch yourself, Your Honor. Get out of my courtroom. John. And if you think that this kind of petulance and babiness on your part to turn around and tell a judge you disagree with, well, that's your opinion. Is going to get you anywhere, you are sorely mistaken. If there's nothing you should have learned in the last two years as a law student, there's something you should have learned as a human growing up that you do not show that kind of disrespect. You don't like to take it to the hallway. The following cases are based on real events, but may not be portrayed as it actually happened. Also, real names may have not been used for entertainment purposes only. All right, let's throw it to our first case. Dan Byer, what is it? Well, it's Devontae Adams versus the Green Bay Packers. Judge John, who won this case? I'm going to say Devontae Adams. Well, Judge, it's Deshaun Watson versus the Cleveland Browns. Judge John, who wins that case? I'm going to go with Deshaun Watson. Uh, Judge John. (laughs) I didn't know there were sound effects. What would you do as a fan if your team just sucks? I'll tell you next on the John Rama Show. <laughs> Don't be pointing I, uh, I had another line, Aaron, that I never got to. Uh, I was wondering about that. Y- yeah. I, editing room floor. Let's hear it for Olivia Rodrigo. All right. A, B, C, D, E. <laughs> I don't know if that's his song. I know that she's on top of the world right now, but we will chat with her soon. In an in-depth interview with me before the end of the show. But also coming up, I know you've been waiting on this. And I will give you my top nine players in the Mountain West Conference. All right. Yeah, not top ten. My top nine. No. Plus my (laughs) bracket. the season's over. Yeah, my bracket picks, guys. A chance for you to hear my choices and get your bracket in just before the tournament (laughs) starts. But right now, it's the end of the week, Aaron and Dan. So you know what that means. Now. The John Ramos Show gives you the plays of the... Here's the plays of the week. Murphy wiggling. That was your play of the week on the John Ramos Show. That's all the time we have for tonight. A big thanks to everyone who tweeted in using the hashtag the John Ramos Show. Also, thanks to Olivia Rodrigo for being tonight's special musical guest. Sorry, Liv. We'll have to get back to you next time. And Jason, I'll just catch you. Oh, all right. He's no backside involved this time around. More of a hands-off approach for John Ramos. Of course, if they want to find you on social media, it's, uh, what's the tag? The John Ramos Show. There it is. Find John Ramos on Twitter. By the way, the handle is at John Ramos Show because it was too long. You couldn't fit the the. You could also hashtag the John That's Ramos true. Show. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Beyer. That was the John Ramos Show. Baker Mayfield's future. 
decided in a bit. But first, I got to let you know, you got to check out the latest lines from the world of sports at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. Must be 21, must be present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, and Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Where does Baker go now that Watson's in Cleveland? We tell you next on Fox. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Bayer. Usually at this time we do the press, but because the John Ramos show uh, ran long, uh, we are unable to get to it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, the reason why we aren't is because in five minutes we will read all the response from John Ramos's uh, <laughs> John Ramos show here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, Jason in uh, Jason in BR tweeted in NFL. Why doesn't the NFL just fold? LOL. Great, great point by John Ramos. The NFL made big news today, Aaron. Deshaun Watson traded by the Texans to the Cleveland Browns. Uh, the question is now, what happens to Baker Mayfield? What does happen to Baker Mayfield? Where do you think Baker Mayfield goes? Uh, the one that immediately jumps to mind is Indianapolis. You mentioned yesterday, um, uh, I don't think being in the AFC is a deal breaker, especially, oh, by the way, when you got Deshaun Watson to replace him, I will go with Indianapolis, which clearly needs an upgraded quarterback. If the Seahawks go after him, it will tell you uh, one thing, that they want to prove that Russell Wilson wasn't the reason that they won. Because all of their moves this season, or so far this offseason – have really been for the future, and to make a trade to bring in a quarterback that you'd have to sign to a long-term deal if you really wanted him to be the future quarterback would tell you that Pete Carroll doesn't want to end up like Bill Belichick did last year when Tom Brady won the Super Bowl. For Aaron Torres, I'm Dan Beyer. Thanks to Brian Fenley, Jason Stewart, and John Ramos. Doug will be back Monday on the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Have a great weekend. 